0: pagan coffee talk here are your hosts lady alba and lord knight all right so we're gonna talk today about pagans in recovery this includes alcoholism drug addiction i mean really any any addictive behavior right well, yeah. do, or trauma yeah yeah this is always an interesting one because we heal. I hate to say it, but it's kind of where a lot of pagans show their hmm. How should we say this? Their um disdain for yeah. other faiths and their yeah inability to play nice.
1: Yes. Oops.
0: Yeah, I've seen a, we've looked at, in the in the course of life temple. We have known quite a few people, either in recovery actively or seeking. Um, Yeah, seeking recovery from substance abuse. And one of the common barriers, if you will, is that they go to an AA group or an NA group and they are immediately upset by how Christian it appears to be. Right. Which is ironic because all of those groups... Are non-denominational, and they all say the same thing. We view God as a higher power.
1: Now, question on this: is, sure. the, is, is there just a view wrong with this? Because again, most of the AAs and stuff they meet in churches. They do. I mean, is that setting it up to begin with? I mean, because of the environment.
0: That's part of it, I'm sure. But I mean, keep in mind, it's not like they meet in the chapel. No, they're meeting usually in a in a back, you know, like a classroom or, you know, one of the rec center areas or something like that. But yes, I definitely think that has something to do with it. But depending on where you live, right, it could just as easily be a synagogue as it could be a church. The other thing we see is that, you know, the utilization of things like the serenity prayer, which people very closely align with the Christian view of God.
1: Yes. But again, I, that that prayer to me, why, well, yes, you are praying to a higher power, but it's it, it's very I've heard it before. Yeah, I, I can it's very universal. It. It's very universal. I don't nothing that screams out any particular dominant.
0: No, I, I mean, so here here I think is the irony. I think that most pagans are much more comfortable with a uh, Judaic faith than they are a Christian faith. And again, we've talked about this before. It all comes down to who hurt you, right? What was your experience? And...
1: Do we have to pull out the dolly? Show me where the bad yeah, religion touched you. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like, that's so funny. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> the religion diagram. Show me where it touched you. That's really funny. Um, It touched me in my no-nos. And... Yeah, but, like, it's so... Here's the thing. I think that most pagans are okay with First Testament. <laughs> if we really want to, if we really want to, like, right? Right. First Testament, we're fine. Like, there's there's so much inside of First Testament that we can agree with, that we can understand, that we can see its application. Okay, maybe not all of it. There's some pretty crazy shit in there. Yeah. But it really is New Testament that starts to become the challenge.
1: The the rub.
0: Yeah. So, suggestions, thoughts, things that I tell people all the time. I go, look, first of all, if you cannot separate your effort in recovery from this dislike of another faith, then really how strong is your conviction To quit. Right. Do you really want to get better, or are you looking for an excuse?
1: Because, again, the the idea, to me, the idea is to quit
0: Mm. the bad behavior. So you can be a more well-rounded human. Right. Who's more connected with God, period, however you view that deity. And I, I do. I think a lot of people are just looking for excuses. They're looking for reasons as to why it won't work for them. The other thing uh, that I suggest to people is, okay, if you've gone and you've tried it and first of all, you didn't like it or you had a bad experience, number one, go to another group. There's so many of them. There are thousands upon thousands of recovery groups in every state. Choose a different one. Try something else. Don't just give up because one experience was not to your liking. The other is if you're really, really struggling with the faith aspect, find an LGBTQ meeting. It's easy. Super easy nowadays. They're everywhere. Queer and recovery groups, um, gay and lesbian recovery groups, trans recovery groups, right? These are all becoming more and more prevalent. And some of the issues that you're going to have with the more traditional group is likely not going to be a problem. No. At a gay AA meeting.
1: Now, do do you think we should start encouraging temples and other covens to start these groups, these AA groups and stuff like that? Oh,
0: absolutely. I have said it for years. So we, we have a few members in Life Temple. Who are, uh, you know, recovered alcoholics, recovered drug addicts, and and they still regularly are involved and go to, yeah, various institutions like this, various recovery institutions. And one of the mantras is always, it only takes two drunks to make a meeting. Right. Right. It only takes two addicts to make a meeting. So if your church has even one person... Who is solid in their recovery and who is, you know, in, in good shape, right? They've right. they've been in recovery for quite some time and they're doing well, and they are starting to sponsor people outside of your church, then absolutely they that person should be running point on a meeting. Well, now, Why not? Now, <clears throat> now let me
1: ask you, from, from from a temple point of view. Yeah. All right. How much involvement should the high priest and priestess have with this group? Should we allow, again, allow the expert who's gone through it to? Do you, do you see what I'm asking?
0: I'm big on deferring, man. I'm That's, like, if you, you. <laughs> have experience, like, who the fuck am I? You know what I mean? Yeah. I am not an alcoholic. I am not a drug addict. Do I have any business? Hell no. I don't know your experience. I don't know what you've been through. So whether or not I'm the priestess, that takes a back seat to the lived experience of those. Ind- it would be like me counseling you on how to be gay. <laughs> <laughs> What?
1: I'm not even sure I can cancel you on how to be gay.
0: I know. I mean, that's not, like, it doesn't right. make sense. But but there's, it's the same thing. Now, does it mean there will never be times that the person facilitating these meetings will have to say, you know, that might be a question for or a topic for, for you know, we might want to bring in our high priest or priestess about this. That could be an interesting offshoot. And maybe there's a discussion that is very specific to the religion. But bear in mind, right at that point, that group, it cannot be sanctioned by traditional AA or NA. Right. You are doing something. You are bringing the tenants and the, the big book, as it's called, right, right, into your church, not the other way around. Because AA would never allow that. So... While on one hand, you may open it up to being a public meeting that anyone could attend. It ain't going to take people long to go, oh, something's a little different here. <laughs> the, you know, yeah. they're, they're doing something very specific to the pagan faith. And that's fine.
1: And that's fine. I, I don't have a problem with this. And again, I, I, I still like the idea that we, we are picking someone to do this that is better qualified than we are
0: expertise is so so phenomenally critical when you are running Mm -hmm. a temple i mean how can you not utilize the skill sets and the and the wherewithal of your people like right now we have a first degree who's been a first degree for a number of years we're talking about his potential elevation and and i'm not going to you know get into specifics but One of the things he said to me was, he goes, you know, I'm concerned I live so far away and I'm not as active as I'd like to be. He was worried, right, that the title, that second degree was going to come with some outrageous responsibility. And I went, no, no, we're going to meet you where you are. You know, we understand that there's limitations because of distance and, and these other things, but what we need you to be aware of, what Lord Knight and I need you to be aware of, is that, yes, when your expertise pops up, oh, hell yes, yeah. you're the first phone call.
1: Right, you're on speed dial now.
0: Yes, <laughs> and he laughed, and that was his exact reaction. He laughed, and he went, you know what? That's fair. That's fair. That I can do. That makes perfect sense. Uh, th- And, hey, he kept to his word. I called him last week about that exact topic. And I said, I need some input. And he went, (laughs) okie dokie. We had a lovely conversation. So it's, but it's like that with anything. I call Lord Oswin, right? I I always refer to him as my music minister. (laughs) Because not only, right, is he a singer and an extremely talented musical individual he went to school for it um i mean good grief what don't make that face at me mister i'm getting i'm getting side-eyed by by a priest in the corner um but he to me right to me he is he's my music minister and whenever something defers to music inside of circle or how we are incorporating music or chant or rhythm into a practice. He's my first phone call.
1: I, this is something all temples need to do. You need these people with these experiences in there to make you a stronger.
0: Listen, listen. If you're if you're a high priest or a high priestess uh, trying to do it all by yourself, <laughs> bless that's a problem and it's it's going to eat you up and it's going to create a lot of turmoil until you realize there's nothing wrong with delegation. Nope. Yeah, it's extremely important.
1: And and I think and when you're getting used to this, I think this is one of the first and easiest places to start.
0: Definitely, you have to really look at the strengths of your people. I think it, it's challenging right when um, you try to delegate a task that you yourself don't like doing but you're trying to delegate it to someone who really isn't knowledgeable in it yet or or is going to find it to be just as arduous that's again that's where things clash right but if you're able to look at someone and go hey you like math <laughs> <laughs> You enjoy numeric type things. (laughs) Do you maybe want to help me with treasury? That's a great way to approach it. Yes. Yeah. You like writing and reading and you're very, you should help with ritual writing. These are, yes.
1: All right. Again, these are are things that you have to cultivate inside. Definitely. And there's a good chance if you're running a temple, Mm. you're going to run into these type of people.
0: But it's more than that, too. I mean, we have an elder who, let's be honest, nine times out of 10, the only time we can get him to to come around or to come to is when we call him and say, I need your help. And it's a very specific task. And it's usually there's something that needs to be built or fixed or constructed. And he's on it. And he shows up and he does the thing and we might not see him again for six months and that's okay. And that's fine. But we know where his skill lies and we know where he, and, and, and it's a two-way street, right? Because the person, the individual who's being called on, well, isn't it going to make them feel good? Huh? It's a nice, warm, fuzzy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You're, you're, you're contributing.
1: You're doing something.
0: You're, you're, it, it feels purposeful you are in fact a viable member of your church everybody needs that everybody needs to feel like they're doing something of value but, okay but think small right
1: now <clears throat> let's let's get this back to the recovery sure we've let me ask now from a preacher's point of view yes how in the world do you go and to how do how do we go and explain to people okay Person A, mm-hmm. we've noticed you've had certain behaviors mm. and certain things. How do we encourage that person that so, is to go into recovery?
0: So pagan intervention is, is yeah. I, I think there's a few things that are interesting. One of the things that Life's Temple does almost immediately when someone is brand new to our circle, they've never been inside it before, We ask, do you have an aversion or an allergy or a problem with two substances, sugar, Mm -hmm. which seems funny, right? But that's to not exclude anybody. And the other is alcohol." alcohol. I take that second question very, very intensely because their answer tells me everything I need to know. And I may even go so far as to have a follow-up question of, have you ever had a problem with alcohol? And if, if if the answer is even something close to yes, I will not permit them to drink from the chalice. You may kiss the cup.
1: You may kiss the cup. Yep. Again, there's the solution. Just like with the sugar and the stuff, if you can't have sugar. If for you whatever, are
0: diabetic,
1: you, you, no, you, you, you
0: cannot have the Snickers bar. No. Not on my watch. <laughs> We have a responsibility, right? Yes, there is something to be said for individuals have to take their own responsibility. Absolutely. But under our watch, in our church, in
1: In our care,
0: we, yeah, there it is. In our care, we cannot put the church in a position where we could be held liable for that individual's actions. And so therefore, yes, that's something we're very clear on. We're not even, I mean, look, you would think, right, some of our after feasts, and yeah, sure, we've gotten rowdy, and we've had uh, some yeah. <laughs> pretty big parties, and we. but more often than not, it is very rare to see someone fall down drunk.
1: Uh, yes, it is.
0: And if that happens, they go nowhere. No. Nope. I mean, we, we take it very, very seriously. Now, um, right, because, I mean, let's be honest, the last thing anybody wants is the press of so-and-so departing from pagan ritual the prior night, yeah. It
1: caused this. Yeah, caused rad. a
0: four-car accident and two people died. Right. That's a major, yeah. That I mean, was- that's problematic all around, but we don't need that press.
1: No, we don't. We, we We do need to be more responsible.
0: Now, on the other hand, if we see someone's behavior affecting... Their ability to function inside of Circle, inside of classes, ritual space. Um, If we start getting reports that their drinking or drug abuse is affecting their job, affecting their family, yeah, um, we're going to sit them down. We're
1: going to have a conversation with them.
0: And we are not nice because we go all the way back to what I think is day one of classes with a student and we go, we're not your friends. We're not your friends. We're going to tell you things you don't like. Yep. And it's going to be brutal at times. And it's going to be honest. And we are not necessarily going to sugarcoat or none of that. And we're
1: not doing it to be mean. We're nope. not doing it just to be mean-spirited and all this other stuff. We we have to fix the problem. We yep. have to help you fix your problems.
0: And it has to be addressed head on. So, sure, we might... I think the I think the exception is from an intervention standpoint, there's a difference between a church intervention and a family intervention, meaning I'm not gonna reach out to someone's significant other if I don't have a strong relationship there and say, Hey, we need to talk about so-and-so's drinking. Right. Nope, not my business. But if the family comes to us and says, We need your help to have an intervention, that's different. That's different. But we may proceed with an intervention of a different kind that comes down to you. You're going to need to talk to your family about this. You're going to need to bring them in. The other thing is I am very careful of where I'm out of my depths from a medical standpoint. Mm -hmm. I have no business detoxing anyone. None of us do. No, that requires medical intervention. I, I would love to sit here and say that, sure, I, I have a lovely safe space in my home where somebody could come and, you know, uh, no, it, I mean, not like that. Not for that. No, no, they could die. Yeah, um, it, it, it's
1: easily done. People, have, it's happened before.
0: Yeah, it is our responsibility to know where to take them. Yes. It is our responsibility to know <laughs> county, city, state resources and how to access them. Where are the local detox facilities? What are the rules? Um, Are they 24 hour? What, yeah, what does that look like? We have to know the nearby hospitals. We have to know and understand how the 5150 rules in our state work. Literally, is this person a danger to themselves or others? And do they need to be temporarily committed against their will? There's so many, there's so many factors, right? And it's rough. It's never an easy choice. It's never. But, I mean, it, the underlying thing that you'll always hear people say, of course, is they have to want the help. Yes. They have to want to get better.
1: Now, now, bringing that up. So, let me ask the dangerous question, which we mm. might have to cut out later. Mm-hmm. At what point do we go to extent to use? Considering we do not tend to like to manipulate people because... yeah. It's not bending someone's free will on this is not
0: I would say What do you think the ethics is behind something like this and Well, I think there's two parts to that. So I think there's the ethics of like a binding. Right. You know, to bind them against harm harming themselves, and harming others. others. Yeah. Um but again, we cannot downplay the sheer willpower of someone who is being controlled by right. a substance, that willpower will likely outweigh us. Probably.
1: will. I, I, that I, strong. I, I'm like you. I'd almost guarantee that.
0: Yeah. It's so powerful. So uh, you can't expect, d- hope for the best, expect the worst. <laughs> the other component though and this is where again i think we differ greatly from other religions at what point do we say you're not allowed to participate anymore yeah at what point do we cut you off from your faith which whoo i can hear the the sneering right all yeah. around now because other, I think in other institutions, right, the belief would be your faith is part of your recovery and your faith is part of what keeps you whole. So we want to surround you with more of it. Right. In our case, with how small and how intimate temple settings usually are, it's kind of the opposite, right? right. If one person is disruptive enough, if their behavior is disruptive enough that it's affecting everyone else
1: we have a problem
0: we have a huge problem and at that point we may have to say you are it's it's tough because i would never strip somebody in that respect but it's like we're almost saying whatever degree you are at this moment you've been demoted temporarily temporarily yeah you have lost privilege because we cannot have this out there
1: right we Mm -hmm. we we cannot allow you to interrupt everybody else's journey
0: right i can't imagine i think my biggest fear would be having a third degree that we would have to go you cannot facilitate ritual anymore you you need to take a forced hiatus oh that's rough that is and i could easily see All of the issues, I mean, and don't get me wrong, my God, there's going to be people, I could see it, people are going to go, well, I'm going to go off and do my own thing, or I'm going to, you know, there's going to be a lot of retaliation and a lot of immediate backlash from it that I think you cannot react to. No. You have to instead go, okay, that's fine. If that's what you need to do, that's what you do. And let them simmer the hell down. Eventually, it will work out. It'll be fine. It'll kind of they'll they once they get the help they need, they will come to their senses. Yes. And everything will be fine. Um but in the immediate, oh it's gonna be rough. <laughs> I again, again and, and
1: if you're out there and you're dealing with people like this, you whatever they say to you when they're going through this, you can't take very personally.
0: No, because oh my god, <laughs> you're, gonna be, you're gonna hear some awful shit. <laughs> They and and I think the other thing to note here, and this is where we are very big on the good of the many outweighing the good of the one, right? I also have no problem being that priestess who goes, Okay, if one of us can't control our liquor, none, none of, of us, us has, has liquor, <laughs> right?
1: Well, I, again, it was just like again, we we solve the problems that we normally do, yes. if we got two people fighting in temple what happens both go right if you can't solve the problem we will
0: right i have absolutely no issue i mean really the only alcohol that is a mandatory part of any service is the wine in the chalice and you know what i have never read anything that said it couldn't be sparkling grape juice or cider right something non-alcoholic right so be it and if that individual is not able to keep themselves together long enough to complete a temple function without alcohol, That's then we have a clear view of what's going on. Exactly. Yeah. Um, or if they're showing up to temple drunk or you know, anything like that, I mean, so sometimes, yes, you have, everyone has to suffer a little for that greater good. Is it really that big a sacrifice? Come on. Uh, it's I, fine. It's fine. It's not the end of the world. I do think, though, yeah, I mean, sometimes you have to make provisions. And they can be, you know, they can be challenging. I mean, I think things that, especially if, if, if ritual is being held at your home, I don't know about you, but have you ever felt the need to write inventory your medicine cabinet? No. Okay. But I could see it happening.
1: I, I could see it happening. Easily.
0: You know, we have to be aware of those sorts of things. Maybe if someone in your home is on a painkiller of some, you know, having a narcotic readily available that's probably not such a great idea. No. Move it, lock it up that night, like put it somewhere else. This is how we avoid really common problems. Yes. Then you also have things like marijuana, which I always think is funny because it's so common now, right? It's so widely used. <laughs> But again, the issue becomes: if you've got someone who has a drug problem, are we okay to be that enabler to just go, "Oh, it's just a little weird"? I mean, uh, Is that really how that works? Is did, that okay? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <clears throat> and again, not not
1: comparing anything, but I've, I've, I've recently quit smoking in the past five years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I know for right now, in my head, if I if I pick up one one drag,
0: yeah, it's on, and
1: it's on, yeah. And I still don't necessarily have, I guess, the predictive, the addictive personality. So I can imagine what it would be like for these people to be like 10 times worse. That's my
0: point. That's my point. It's so, yes, there may be situations where we have to say this. Maybe it was previously permitted and now it is not. Sorry, kids. Sorry. You know, things change. It is not fair. It is not. We should not be creating an environment where someone feels like they are being tempted or that their sobriety is being compromised. Right. And that's, I think that's a reasonable thing, but big picture is please, please, please. If you have someone who is in need of help, help them get it. Don't let your personal views about the, the 12 step programs cloud, the fact that this could really be the answer this person needs.
1: I mean, the fact is, is and and again, we can't. Uh, there's no way to argue this. The program works. Mm-hmm. I, I've I, I've, it does. I've met too many people yes. who have been through these programs. Absolutely, and they are better mm-hmm. people now.
0: Absolutely. I have a friend who's going on twenty five years, Damn. and bravo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um and i actually the last time i saw her we had a long talk about just that about the uh the lgbtq community in recovery and some of the different things that her groups are doing but we have to be aware part of that community service piece Mm -hmm. is being at least educated enough on these things that you're not blindsided when inevitably it comes up yeah yep
1: Well, I think I'm about out of
0: coffee. You know what I know for a fact is a major, major component of any good meeting?
1: What? Coffee. Coffee? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Because that's the one drug we can all agree on. I I, I think they're the only
1: people that drink as much coffee, if not more than us. (laughs) absolutely.
0: And to that, I say cheers. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another episode. Pagan Coffee Talk is brought to you by Life Temple and Seminary. Please visit us at lifetempleseminary.org for more information, as well as links to our social media Facebook, Discord, Twitter, YouTube, and Reddit. We travel down this trodden path, a maze of stone and mire. Just hold my hand as we pass by a sea of blazing fires and so it is the end of our day so walk with me till morning breaks and so it is the end of our day so walk with me till morning